And welcome back, everyone, to the Cold War Cast. I am your host, Ryan Llewellyn. This is a podcast where we discuss the history and the pop culture of the Cold War. Today, I am taking you into a nightmare, a real red nightmare. We're talking about a 1962 Cold War gem. It's a little short film, well, entitled A Red Nightmare. It was also titled Freedom in You, and like I said, put out in 1962 by the Armed Forces Information Services, which um, basically the U.S. Army Signal Corps in, in conjunction with the Department of Defense. And this is a little short film that looks a lot like a TV show, and to be precise, it, it looks a lot like an episode of The Twilight Zone. And it definitely does have a Twilight Zone feel to it. You could tell that that's what they had in mind when they were making it. Now, if you haven't seen this one already, um, I'm definitely going to recommend that you watch it. Just because um, if you're interested in the subject matter of this podcast, you know where we talk about the history and the pop culture of the Cold War, this is just 100% right over the target for um, the, the kinds of things we want to talk about here. And in fact, when I envisioned this podcast uh, years ago, well, my primary influence was a uh, uh, an ebook that I put out about the film Red Dawn, which you know, of course, is my favorite movie. But when I started to think about all the other works of pop culture that I could uh, relate to the Cold War, this little show was one of the first things that came into my mind. All right, so when I talk about it tonight. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll give some spoilers away, but really, it, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't. I don't think it takes away from anything. It's not actually like a episode of the Twilight Zone where there's you know interesting twists and turns and all that. Um, it's all pretty predictable, but um, so you know, do be advised that you know we will give away the plot, but probably right from the beginning, you probably already know what's going to happen. Now, my introduction to the Red Nightmare was back when I think my freshman year of high school, actually, there was a video store by um, my house and a friend of mine's house. And we used to always uh, go to the cult classic section and, you know, rent the uh, 99 cent for a week's um, videos. And, you know, just we were into just kind of the, the crazy stuff. And there was one called The Commies Are Coming, The Commies Are Coming, which is the name that they released this under. And um, I want to say it had um, The Code of Conduct, um, a, uh, a film that actually I talked about in the previous incarnation of this podcast that was made by the same people, the Department of Defense. It even had Jack Webb as well in it too. But um, I believe it was with that or maybe Reefer Madness. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter much. But if you want to watch Red Nightmare now, I would say the best way to do it is get on YouTube and look up Nuclear Vault. Um, if you haven't seen Nuclear Vault, it's a channel that you would definitely be interested in. Nuclear Vault is always putting out um, little film clips that are in the public domain well from this era you know the uh the 50s and 60s and so forth and they always have a ton of stuff that's of interest to well those of us into the cold war and history of that era definitely very cool check out them um 
you know, some of the stuff they put out is kind of mundane, but uh, a lot of it's really very cool. But anyway, they do have the um, the full episode of uh, of Red Nightmare. Now, the uh, the film was made in 1962, like I said, but it does actually seem a little out of date for its time. Where if I just watched it, I would have probably dated it, you know, maybe five, six, seven years earlier. It's so over the top that it it really seems like it would have been made right in the depths of the Red Scare, um, you know, from the mid to late 50s. Now, like I said, this film was made by the Department of Defense and in conjunction with Hollywood. Um, There's actually a lot of, uh, of big names associated with it from the era. In fact, it was actually made in a Warner Brothers studio and... The uh, the director George Wagner was uh, kind of a heavy hitter at the time, and some of the um, actors and actresses in this wouldn't have been quite at the top of the A list, but people that were definitely recognizable to uh, the American viewing audience. But it was shown to uh, military recruits. At the time, and um, you know, since it does seem a little outdated and a little over the top, it kind of reminds me of well, when I was in boot camp back in 1999, and uh, we were shown some of these kinds of films that were supposed to um, instill good character and ethics into us. And I remember that they showed us one that uh, you know seemed about ten years out of date, and. Um, you know, they're showing examples of, um, you know, good upstanding American values uh, juxtaposed with, uh, with with bad things. So they would show pictures of, uh, you know, families out barbecuing and space shuttles and natural beauty and stuff like that. And then cut away to, you know, pictures of Motley Crue doing blow and, you know, stuff like that. Um it really definitely had, you know, people worshiping Satan and stuff like that. It really had like kind of a um, 1980s vibe to us, to it that, you know, even us 90 kid, 90s kids sitting there watching it kind of got a kick out of, you know, that even though it was supposed to be serious. But um, I imagine, you know, maybe there would have been a little bit of that going on. Now, anyway, as I mentioned, this one has Jack Webb in it as the narrator and um, the guy that uh, really leads the viewer into this Red Nightmare. And, of course, he would have been, well, just the personification of serious and somberness of the time as uh, Joe Friday from Dragnet. He's got that real matter-of-fact tone, and it starts off by Jack Webb showing us a what appears to be a typical American town. And he makes the point of saying that it could be in Iowa, California, New York, Montana, whatever. Just this town was just a a very typical American place. And then we see scenes from this town. And of course it, it looks like it. People are at the soda fountain and shopping and, you know, going to school, doing whatever they do. But you also see Soviet soldiers outside of it. And what this town really is, is a Soviet training camp deep inside the Soviet Union where the 
commies are learning how to blend into our, our society so they can do sabotage and, and undermine our system. Joe Friday lets us know what's at stake here, that the Soviet Union is, well, of course, trying to uh, get at us while we go about our comfortable American lives. And in order to show what can happen if the Soviet Union succeeds, well, he takes us on this red nightmare through the character of Jerry Donovan. Now, Jerry Donovan is a very... Well, seems like a, a typical uh, American television dad of the time. Um, seems a lot like a Ward Cleaver character a little bit. Um, looks like he has a really nice life. Um, he comes home from work. Uh, he's got a nice looking wife. A um, couple of kids. House is real nice. Seems like, seems like everything's going pretty well for him. Jerry comes home to work and his wife starts talking to him about some of the things that he's got uh, on his agenda. Um, there's a PTA meeting, a, a union meeting. Um, he's got uh, military service actually coming up. He's a reservist. Um, I, I don't remember exactly if he was Navy or Army, um, but uh, you know, you know, either way, he's a, he's a reservist in the military. And why she's bringing all this stuff up that he's got going on, he's basically talking about how it doesn't matter if he doesn't participate this in this and um, he's going to try to get out of this and that. And what he would rather do is, well, sit around and go to his bowling night, actually. And his wife gets on him a little bit and, you know, of course says, Jerry, I don't want to nag, but, um, you know, you missed this last week and this and that. So basically... It's establishing that uh, Jerry does have a role in the community as a concerned citizen, um, you know, in all these little organizations and a reservist in the military. But he's kind of been shirking his duty to participate in these things. And what we know as the as the viewer in the far distant future now, and um, you know, at the time too, is that it was believed that. Where there were these little gaps, the communists in our society would undermine us. So if good, upstanding American citizens like Jerry, Jerry Donovan, aren't going to the PTA meetings and, you know, making sure everything's, um, you know, within the parameters of um, good traditional American values, then the communists would be able to go in there and subvert things by, you know, just steering things just a little to the red. Same with the union meetings as well, too. They can just um, kind of get their, you know, as the Arabs say, their, the camel's nose into the tent and um, wreak havoc from there. And also there's a little subplot that uh, his teenage daughter is uh, planning on getting married. Uh, I, I assume they're probably seniors in high school or whatever. And um, to her boyfriend and, of course, um, Jerry Donovan, <clears throat> like, you know, any responsible father, um, thinks that uh, she's being too rash and should definitely wait. It's, it's not a good idea to get married right away. Now, Jack Webb, our good narrator, Joe Friday, decides to shake Jerry out of his uh, apathy and malaise a little bit towards his civic duties by giving him the red nightmare that night. 
So Jerry goes to bed, and uh, you know when he leaves, he wakes up. Well, his town is now completely controlled by the communists, and everyone is in on it except for him. He doesn't know where he's at. Um, you know, it seems like he's just magically dropped into this um, now communist place that he he once knew, and he. He's walking through the the park in town, and uh, you know he sees some guys giving speeches that are you know definitely communist in nature, and everyone around him seems completely um, expressionless. It looks a lot like the um, fifty sci fi films when you have uh, space aliens basically taking over people's bodies, and you know they they show no, and you know of course this is an analogy for the communists usually. <laughs> And they're, you know, just completely blank. Um, the tone of their voices barely change. And so everyone around him's like this. And you could see that um, uh, obviously it's uh, unnerving uh, Jerry a little bit. And, um, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out what's, what's going on. And he comes home and his wife uh, most notably has this very expressionless um, alien demeanor to her too. And... His wife tells him that he is supposed to go to the PTA meeting tonight and give a speech on the uh, the glories of communism. And of course, in the intro to the show, Jerry is uh, you know he's supposed to go to the PTA meeting, but he's trying to make up some excuse so he doesn't have to go. But now he's ordered to go, and if he doesn't go, of course, the communists are gonna come get him and, and throw him in the gulag basically. So he has no choice in the matter and he has no choice in the matter of what he's going to talk about too. He's got to get up there and give a compelling speech about the glories of communism. So, you know, naturally Jerry is still in, um, you know, typical 1950 or excuse me, 1960s American values, um, mode. And, uh, you know, he's, he's horrified that he's going to be, uh, it's going to be mandatory for him to do this and say something that he doesn't believe. And then his red nightmare gets a little more red when a couple of soldiers burst into his house. Uh, one of them being the, uh, the his daughter's uh, fiance, actually from the uh, the first part of it. And they are there with orders to take his daughter away to go to farm labor. And of course he, you know, now just wait a minute, these guys and, um, doesn't like the, uh, interruption into his house, but well, and, uh, you know, the new, uh, <clears throat> communist world that he lives in, uh, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. He puts up a bit of a fight, but, um, his daughter comes down, you know, with that alien expressionless, uh, demeanor and says that she's, you know, she signed up for the farm labor and she's looking forward to it and she's ready to leave the house to, um, you know, participate in uh, the communist world by, well, working on a farm. And, uh, you, you know, uh, Jerry's taken aback by it, of course, and um, she goes off and who knows when he'll see her again. Then we see our protagonist at work. And um, he's in a uh, a machine shop of sort. He's working on a lathe, and he's got a, a quota that's posted behind him. And he says that he can't fulfill his quota because his machine's broken for a while. And you know, of course, it'll take a while. 
his boss comes around and, you know, with that alien communist demeanor, says that um, that's that's his problem, basically, and he's going to have to work through his lunch break in order to make his quota. Um, there's no flexibility there. So, you know, Jerry's a little uh, irritated by that. He comes home, and at, at this time, he's really realizing that something's going on in the world, something's wrong with uh, his surroundings. And in order to straighten things out, he's taking his kids to Sunday school. Which is probably something that the Jerry of the um, you know first couple minutes of the uh, of the show would have tried to slough off, but he drags him by the arm um, against the kids' wishes and the wife's wishes too to the church, which he finds out has been transformed into a museum for the glory of communism, and he has a bit of a breakdown inside <laughs> inside there. He sees. Uh, revisionist history. Um, you know, one example was the, um, the the telephone, I believe, and they said it was invented by a Soviet guy. And you know, he starts smashing things and saying this is all a lie. It was invented by Alexander Graham Bell, and um, they they called the police in on him. And um, the next thing you know, you see him sitting in a courtroom. And this is obviously a show trial. Um, you know, he's not afforded the, um, the legal rights that American citizens in real life have. And, um, you know, it's a little horrific because, uh, his wife is sitting there and she testifies against him and then he's sentenced to, to death basically. And you see him getting prepared for execution and they give him a little bit of time to talk and he starts to give a big speech about how, People are finding out about the evils of communism and, you know, your system can't stand. It's a pretty good speech, but he's interrupted partway through it by a bullet. And the bullet, of course, um, signifies that the dream is over or the nightmare rather. But what we're trying to – what they're trying to get right here is that – George's, excuse me, I don't know why I keep wanting to call him George, but his name is Jerry. Jerry's um, decision to take a firm stand for American values comes too little too late. He should have been doing this in in real life by taking part in his union meetings, um, taking part in uh, in PTA. Um, Serving his country diligently in the military and, um, you know, raising his family right. All, all the things that, you know, maybe he was kind of doing but uh, not really putting his heart into it. And that's, that's when the time to fight is. The time to be diligent against the communism. The communism is right now, not once they, once they get a foothold on, on the things. Jerry wakes up and he's given a uh, second lease on life here. Um, he's thrilled to be up in the free world. He's uh, just a very cheerful guy. Um, his wife seems happy. His kids seem family. And he talks to his daughter and he's in a really good mood. Uh, you know, she's got her fiance or boyfriend or whatever with him. Uh, he's in a good mood and they say that they've been thinking about their marriage and decided to put it off a little bit for. After um, 
I forgot what the boy's name is, doesn't matter. But after the boy gets done with his hitch in the army, and Jerry says, that's, that's a very wise choice. So it's kind of interesting there, too, that um, they're basically saying that military service is um, something that's going to make you a little bit more mature and responsible to, to make these adult decisions, too. I, I think that's kind of um, – kind of where they were going with this little bit at the end um so yeah you know the military is getting their uh their little recruiting um things in there um i'm not sure exactly who would have seen this there's actually some debate online i know it was definitely shown to military recruits so you know once once you have them you already have them maybe you're trying to make them feel a little bit better about where they are at at the moment but um, there is some debate as to whether or not this was actually ever shown on television. Um, some people are saying that it was shown on um, one program that kind of had um, unique little shows like this on Sunday nights, and other people say that it never was. Um, you know, of course, we can't say for sure. But it does sound like that later in the 60s, this was actually shown in schools as a um, educational film. So, um, you know, probably right around the Vietnam era, um, kids in high school were probably watching this and, you know, of course, being told that um, you're going to be a little bit more of a grown-up if you uh, if you do your time in the military, which, you know, actually, it actually is true. Um, you know, you do get some good intangible benefits from that, uh, not doubting that at all. But, you know, of course, the Department of Defense does have their motives. So this short little half an hour um, film episode, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, really, it, it is a hell of a Cold War gem. And like I said, if you haven't watched this or it's been a while since you watched it, um, I recommend it. It is, it is fun to watch. But the, the key themes from this, of course, is that we do have the superior system, uh, you know, compared with the communists. But the thing is, our superior system that we have um, shouldn't be on autopilot. It takes vigilance to maintain it so the commies don't come in and wreck everything. And, you know, of course, that's a um, big theme uh, throughout the Cold War, really, especially in, in this period, too. But one interesting note that um, I, I think well, interesting to note is that the the collusion here between the military industrial complex and um, and the entertainment industry. You know, we think about well, when we say the military industrial complex, we think about the uh, guys that uh, you know manufacture airplanes and bombs and all that. But um, you know, here's an example of it being tied in with the entertainment industry. And, of course, it's front and center on our minds that the arms industry, um, think tanks, and so forth are going to have uh, military influence over them. But, um, you know, think about all the times where the military has influenced uh, pop culture and to, um, to achieve their means or, you know, make military service seem more desirable or, uh, you know, more honorable or whatever. Um, you know, in, in recent times, perhaps the, um, you know, some of the films about uh, special forces in Afghanistan, you know, Chris Kyle, you know, snipers, stuff like that. Um, 
And just over the course of time, um, you know, especially, well, I guess um, all, all throughout the history of film, for the most part, you know, going into World War II and beyond, how it's been in the interest of the Department of Defense to um, to work with Hollywood and um, help them out whenever they can because um, it, it achieves their objectives too. So I think that's something kind of interesting to think about. You know, I'm not saying it's completely sinister that um, Hollywood and the Department of Defense work together on this one, but um, it, it's just something interesting to note. All right, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, again, I highly recommend you go find this on YouTube through Nuclear Vault's um, channel. They've got a lot of cool stuff. Um, subscribe to them. Um, you know, maybe if you do watch it, maybe comment that uh, you watch this on the recommendation of the Cold War cast. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Um, as I speak. There has been some updates in the war in Ukraine uh, with the um, – they just approved uh, sending some tanks to Ukraine. And I've actually – I've got a lot of thoughts about that. And I'm hoping within the next couple of days actually to um, come out with an episode about that, this, uh, new cold, this new cold war really that's heating up between um, ourselves, the uh, United States and the Western world and Russia – and um, I think we are really seeing something that um, is history in the making. And I will talk a little bit more about my thoughts on these tanks um, within the next few days, hopefully. So um, that's all I got. Um, if you want to support this show financially, the best way to do it is to go to reddragonherbs.net and uh, check out the tea that we have there. Again, this is um, my family business. It's me and my wife, and um, it's something that, uh, well, we put our heart and souls into, and we've got a lot of different types of tea. So if um, you're looking for a gift for somebody or something nice for yourself, check it out. And, of course, if you need any recommendations, uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, and another thing you can do for this podcast, uh, leave ratings and reviews. Um, you know, if there's something I can be doing better, um, I you know appreciate hearing that too. Uh, I've got pretty thick skin. I know sometimes the sound quality is kind of um, leaves something to be desired for this. But um, you know, if there's a subject you want to hear about, or um, you know, just something you'd like to see different about the show, yeah, I, I don't mind hearing that. Like I said, thick skin. <laughs> I know I repeat myself a lot. All right, so that's all I've got for today. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'm going to talk to you very soon.